0: Kathy Blois is a travel designer, and I have to be honest, before I even spoke with her, I was hooked just by the title. A travel designer. That, to me, elevates a job to a calling, to something artistic and passionate. And although I'm not sure Kathy has ever considered herself an artist, my conversation with her confirmed my impression. She's a top notch communicator with a wicked set of listening skills and a passion for the people she works with. Add into that her incredible capability to plan and organize, and a lust for travel, and you have Kathy Blois, founder and principal travel designer of Wanderlust Excursions. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Hi, I'm Janice Fogarty, and I'm a communications strategist and consultant the Connections Coffee Confidence Podcast is for professional women entrepreneurs who have established themselves and their business, and they're ready to get serious about using the power of communication to surpass their business goals. On this podcast, I discuss everything from leadership to establishing a business vision to the intricacies of creating messaging, publicity, and more. I speak to women who excel in communications in their business, whatever they do and get an inside look at how they created a thriving livelihood. So top up your mug and welcome to this week's episode. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for joining me here today. I really appreciate your time and I'm looking forward to hearing your story because I think you've got, um, you've got a really interesting one, not a straightforward path to where you are right now. Um, I've already given you a bit of an introduction, but I was just hoping that in your own words, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: Sure, Janice, thanks very much for having me. I'd I'd love to. Um, I am actually originally from Halifax and I uh, moved and married um, a dairy farmer uh, here in Hants County. So I live in a rural area in a community called Gore And I've been here for 30 years. Uh, Our adult children also live here on the farm um, as well. It's a multi-generational farm, which is kind of interesting all on its own. I am the founder and principal travel designer of Wanderlust Excursions. This is a company that I have founded and built from the ground up, uh, opening in 2016. Previous to that, I'd worked in healthcare here in Nova Scotia. I managed a uh, community-based rural Um, healthcare center, which was multidisciplinary. So you had everything from uh, medical um, uh, staff right down to uh, all different services, including uh, blood work, physio, you name it, everything was included into that, uh, that site. When um, I guess it was back in 2015, um, here in our province, uh, healthcare took quite a change in how it was delivered, we lost our community health center and therefore um, I lost my job. So I'd worked in healthcare for a number of decades, actually, in management roles. So when that took place, um, I I kind of had to do that step back and really sort of think where I wanted to go in the future. Uh, It was, um, to say the least, possibly a shock as everything kind of unrolled. And as I looked at my future, it was um, deciding to step back from a lot of those roles that I had been in. I had uh, been on many boards and committees as well in regards to health in a local Nova Scotia base plus federal base. So there was a lot of stress and there was a lot of pressure in order to uh, maintain um, all the things that we were supposed to do so as I stepped back from my role we actually had already a three-week vacation booked in Europe so when we were gone there was no cell phones no um, you know nobody stopping me in the community nobody you know calling me on the phone etc so on the way home I actually looked at my husband on the plane and I said I had no idea how stressed out and burned out I had become until now so when we get home I really did deep think about where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do um, in regards to uh, my future employment. And that is when I decided to take my, I'll call it my deep dive into my passion project. And that was to build my own uh, travel business, um, Wonderlust Excursions. So I done that. And uh, right now I, I sometimes use a little tagline is I used to work to travel. Now I travel to work.
0: Very cute. I like it. I like it. So it wasn't really, um, wasn't even so much as a a pivot that you did. It was like a total change to go from healthcare into travel. And like, did you, did you have to do any kind of professional development in order to get into the travel space?
1: Uh, Yes, I did actually. Um, Travel had been a passion of mine since I was a teen. I've traveled um, quite extensively. So I'd always had this sort of in the back of my mind of maybe like one of those side projects as as you get uh, closer to retirement age or whatever, you can kind of pull back from your full-time job and do something um, a little more fun to still make some money. So when I was looking at all of this, um, I took my previous education in healthcare management, all of my skill sets that I had developed, you know, over the years uh, in working, because I worked in uh, the hospital setting as well as community health centers. So you take all those skill sets and all those um, professional developments that you've, you've learned, you take that on with you. Um, so I actually enrolled, there's a, a, a program here in the province and I enrolled into that and that assists you to start your own business. You have to have a plan, you have to have a good, a base, which they accept you into that program. So I, I was accepted into that. And they work you through several months of business courses. I had a business advisor, I worked on my business plan, I thought about how I was going to lay my business out. And I worked through all of that. So once I was near the end of those courses, I then enrolled in a long distance uh, travel tourism um, degree. So I completed that all online as I was building the base of my business and um, came out with um, a diploma with an honors degree in that. And I've never looked back. Like learning is a passion of mine. Travel is a passion of mine. So to me, it, it was a lot of work and a lot of hours, but to me, it didn't feel like work it was more like fun
0: oh that's living the dream right there isn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's really that's in, an impressive amount of work to do to follow a passion and make it become real like I think a lot of us have that desire to follow a dream and to you know, to do something completely different that you just love to do, but not many of us actually follow that through. How did you find, did, did you find that you needed um, a lot of courage or was this just a very matter of fact thing that, yep, that's what I'm going to do. And you did it.
1: It took a lot of courage in one, in one respect, because I was literally, um, I'd always worked in the healthcare field. So I totally went out of my realm um, as such, uh, the things that, um, I guess I'm a firm believer, things happen for a reason. So when I was very upset how everything went with uh, the health care in the, in the province, uh, the things that, as I stepped back, I realized how stressed out I was. So had I continued on that gerbil wheel, <laughs> where would I have been health-wise myself, mental and physical? Then I looked at the fact, uh, our youngest was in his last year of university. So both of our children have uh, business uh, degrees. Um, so I was sort of like, this is what I think I'm gonna do. They were like, go for it, mom. So I, you know, I, I looked at my husband and I said, like, I think I'm gonna start my travel business. First he just kind of looked at me for a second and then he said, whatever you want, we're all behind you. So I had, I had all their support. So when I was doing all this extra work and and things, um, there was nobody nagging at me as such. I had I had their support, and that meant a lot to me as well. So I guess I figured that with one through university, one almost through university, uh, that this may be the the time that that door has opened for me.
0: And you were brave enough to walk through it.
1: Yes, I guess I was. Yeah. <laughs>
0: No, I, I really find that just so inspiring because just not many people do it. No, no, no that's true. What personality trait do you think um, benefits the most as a travel designer? And actually, sorry, let me, let me jump back. Cause I love that, that title of travel designer Mm -hmm. Uh, Is that a phrase that you had coined yourself or somewhere you'd seen it somewhere and you just really loved it? Like, tell me about that title.
1: That title, actually, uh, part of it was coined myself. Then um, I had read some documents um, in in doing my business research for travel, uh, the travel industry. And in one reflection, it was talking about designing travel. Um, So I'm not an agent. I just don't sit there and book your flight. I create. So it's I thought oh, travel designer explains more about what I do than saying I'm your travel consultant or I'm your travel agent. Um, in in the design respect, um, I I take people's travel dreams and I create their itineraries tailored to them, or I look for the right uh property as in a a resort property or cruise um that matches what those people are looking to get out of their vacation so i always stress to my clients that you, you okay you say you want to go on a caribbean cruise there's lots of companies that do caribbean cruises there's lots of different itineraries lots of different islands so it's matching what your personality, your likes, your dislikes, and what you're looking to get out of that vacation. So uh, for instance, not everybody's the carnival cruiser. It's more of the, not not just, but I mean, there's family cruising as well, but you can have more of a party theme on the carnival cruise lines, where if you move to the other end of it with Royal Caribbean lines, it may be a little more of um, an older, more relaxed, atmosphere. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, perfectly. It's more about getting to know your customer
1: mm-hmm. yes,
0: and doing the work f- for them to make sure that they have the experience that that they deserve.
1: Exactly. That's wonderful. We all work very hard for our money. I always say that to people too. We work very hard for our money. Um, we have a certain amount of vacation time per year. And we don't wanna throw the money away and we don't wanna waste that time. We want to get bang for our buck and we want to make sure that we come back with lots of great memories.
0: So you've obviously got very good people skills.
1: Yes, I, I, I think I do. Um, that um, in management positions through working in the hospitals with a lot of different personalities as well on a community base, you really have to hone in those skills. A lot of communication
0: skills in there.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. So did you find that uh, being a good listener and a good communicator came naturally to you? Or was that something that you knew you had to develop?
1: It um, has always been a natural trait of mine, but professionally, I did have to develop it and I think the more you use it, the better you are at it, too, if, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. So in terms of communications, can you tell me how you go about marketing your business? Because I, I don't think that the last 18 months has been a, a, an easy time for somebody to have a travel company.
1: No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. Not at all. Um, and, and in regards to my business right from the very beginning, it's not a franchise or a well-known name. So um, I had relied on a lot of um, networking and getting out there to, um, to, to meet people and, and to introduce my company to people. So through that, I also had somebody build me a website um, that would work in regards to uh, what I was trying to do at first. Then I uh, actually became involved with an international business networking, uh, it's called Business Network International. And uh, within that group, um, I went to some business, uh, some meetings of interest uh, here in Halifax, uh, as they were looking to come back into Nova Scotia, so two uh, business ladies that I that I knew, one in the UK and one here in Canada, had said to me, "You really need to find out about BNI, and you really need to get involved in that. That would be a great way to um, your business forward." So that was back in 2018. I was a founding member of that first launch chapter here in Nova Scotia. Then I am now currently sitting as the president of the the Halifax Central chapter. And I've never looked back uh, through that international group because it's in 70 countries, it's around the world. So I've been able to connect with a lot of different um, people whether it be business to business and clients through that that streamline. Uh, And as in meeting you, uh, Karen, you know is a member of BNI in in Alberta so she introduced me to you she also introduced me to her sister back in Ireland who is a wedding celebrant so Sarah and I have been working on some Irish destination weddings put a little different twist into things is something that I that I like to do as well so when I take all of um you know those things and put it all together the last 18 months have not been easy but instead of giving up because I had worked very hard to get my business and to where it was before, just pre um, COVID. And we were actually at a destination wedding in Hawaii when the doors were slamming shut. So I literally had to, we had to all get home from Hawaii. Then I had a two week vacation moving forward from that to go to New Zealand. So I, as I'm my last couple of days in Hawaii, trying to get everything moved forward to get out of Hawaii, I'm also canceling going forward and then when I came home I literally I I told my husband I feel like a vulture because all of these trips that I had planned and my clients were ready to take off in April May and June um, some of them were um, destination weddings some of them were very intricate tailored itineraries like five-week itineraries for people and I literally had to pick everything apart so I, I said like I'm tearing apart their dreams so as I did all of that I kept thinking okay what am I going to do going forward we don't know how long this is going to last so then what I did was I decided to utilize my time so that I would make the most of the downtime so I've worked with a number of my different travel trade partners they were offering some of them were offering um a lot of educational weekly webinars different things like that which kept us up to date of what was happening in the world but it also honed us better in their product and, the, and what they were were doing as they pivoted everything and i then enlisted i love to write so i love to blog and and i worked on i guess making that a little better as such uh, so i also hired um, a digital marketing um, company it's called DigiSL, And um, through them, I send them my blogs for the next month. They take those blogs and they work a whole social media calendar for me. They do the creatives, they do the, all the, you know, the blog posts, or the posts, pardon me, and they say, have everything all organized. So it goes out on my Facebook, my Instagram, and my LinkedIn. So they're handling all of that. So my next step um, is to actually bring my website up to date. And that'll be the next project that um, I work with Priyanka on. She's absolutely marvelous. Another connection that I've met through through BNI as well. So there's all of those wonderful, wonderful things. And then trying to keep things moving forward. I do a lot of group work. Um, so I was working behind the scenes with um, Make-A-Wish, actually, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. With that group, of course, we couldn't talk about travel or advertise travel while all of their their children that they grant wishes to, et cetera, were not able to travel and do things. So um, I was actually working or had been working with uh, a member of their uh, staff here in, in Nova Scotia, and we have developed um, a program or an initiative, I guess I should call it, and it's called Sailing for Wishes. So I've been busy working on those types of things. So I've always, um, I was brought up that you give back to community, that you uh, do a lot of uh, things to help others. So uh, with doing the way, the way I was brought up, I did a lot of volunteer work since I was a teenager, and I still do a lot of volunteer work today. So I took that and I've thought of numerous times, how can I use my travel business to benefit others. And this just fit perfectly. So with this traveling um, or sailing for wishes, the uh, goal is to actually sell 20 cabins on a river cruise. This will be a Christmas themed river cruise. It departs in November of 2022. So we will start in Amsterdam and end in Basel, Switzerland sailing on the Rhine, So through that, each uh, city or town that we stop in will have a Christmas market. There'll be Christmas themed. There'll be Christmas on the ship. And people will also get to do other things in all of these ports of call as well. So they'll really get to see these beautiful cities in Europe, but see them at a most festive time. And what better time to do an initiative like this? I mean, Christmas is for children. So it's, it just, all kind of fit together. So over these past 18 months, I've been working on big projects like that as well.
0: That's so exciting. And again, it's really inspiring, because I think it would have been very easy to walk away, to shut up shop, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and to walk away, or at least to kind of hibernate. And the fact that you not only saw your passion and jumped into it, but you've been, and I don't want to say you've been fighting to keep it alive, because to me, it sounds like you're not fighting anything. You are absolutely still driven by your passion. You're just loving what you do yes, and finding different ways to do it. And I, I love that. Oh my gosh, that's, it's making my day to hear this. And for, So the Sailing for Wishes, mm-hmm. um, because this podcast goes out to an international audience, and I'm just wondering if anybody was interested outside of Nova Scotia or Canada, mm-hmm. is it possible for them to still book through you? Or is that yes? yes. yes. Okay, so I have,
1: I've worked in the past with, with clients that are not in Canada, um, and I continue to do so right now.
0: Perfect. So I'm going to put all the details in the show notes as to how to purchase tickets for Sailing for Wishes. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you just right now tell us how to get in contact with you if somebody was interested in learning more or even purchasing?
1: Definitely. Uh, people can reach me through any of my social media sites, uh, or they can email me at info at wonderlustexcursions.ca. And I would be happy. And I always tell people if they're emailing me or sending me a note through uh, like through my um, Facebook or through my uh, website, for instance, to uh, indicate that they're wanting to know more about Sailing for Wishes so that I can make sure that I get them off all of that information. And one thing that I'd like to say about the Sailing for Wishes initiative, what I have uh, offered to Make-A-Wish is for every double cabin booked, Wonderlust Excursions will then pay make a wish, $1,000 per cabin. So there's a potential to make $20,000 here by selling all 20 cabins. And that could be two children's big wishes or three children's smaller wishes so we could benefit more than one child.
0: That's just amazing. That's really, really special. I know I had a, a childhood friend who had been granted a wish and it just makes all the difference. in a hard time in somebody's life so I hope that everybody listening goes and gives a little little bit of support um and I know because I lived in Europe for almost 11 years so I've been to Christmas markets like in Belgium and Mm -hmm. and in England um and a couple in Ireland and they're just magic
3: they are
0: they're just magic ah I can't imagine a better a better way to spend a November
1: than doing yes. a
0: cruise, hitting the Christmas markets.
1: <laughs> and it's also a great thing uh, for families. A lot of families oh, actually yeah. do the river cruises and multi-generational. So you could have like, you know, the grandparents and the, you could have the three generations and enjoy that wonderful festive time. And you're yeah. benefiting ch- children who are inflicted with an illness or a disease that it could be debilitating to them. You know, they may... They may want to travel to Disney World or they may just want uh, to have an entertainment center or a playground in their yard that they can utilize. So, you know, you can just bring joy on so many levels. And on my website, uh, wonderlustexcursions.ca, you will find blogs in regards to all of this that explain a lot of the Sailing for Wishes and the whole program as
2: well.
0: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I know I need to sit down and think about my goals for next year. I just have to wash my hair, walk the dog, make dinner. Get to inbox zero. Do laundry. Paint my nails. Frankly, anything other than sit down and think about my goals for next year. Anyone else? Yeah, that's because we usually haven't made great goals in the first place, leaving us feel pretty down when it comes to having to review them and our progress towards reaching them. That's not really our fault either. You may have noticed that the focus this month on the podcast has been goal setting. And if you need someone to hold space for you to write your smarter goals, then join me for a free virtual event on November 10th, where we'll get into the right mindset and create our intentions and set our goals for the new year. To learn more and to register, go to www.janicefogarty.com and look for the goal setting Coworking session. It's free, but you're going to get so much out of it. That's janicefogarty.com goal setting co working session. I'll see you there. So, Kathy, tell me what you love the most and the least about your current work.
1: Well, that's actually pretty easy for me I would say yeah. because I absolutely love helping others as as we've already discussed and I love helping people to travel and see the world and when I am working with somebody I'm planning their dream vacations so it is so joyful to actually to myself as well that um, I know that I, I'm a part of that plan I'm a part of that in anticipation and the excitement and all the lead up to actually them taking their holiday and then getting the feedback, uh, seeing pictures, being included in their social media posts, uh, to, you know, sending little thank yous as they're they're traveling along. And then when I travel with people in groups, because I do some hosted groups, I always enjoy the aha moments. So when I'm with people and it's their first time to a particular spot or a particular city then um, I love to watch them because when they're standing seeing what I saw where they're seeing it for the first time and I can remember when I stood there the first time and, and saw I can tell just by the look on their face when they get that aha moment when they get that same thought or that same joy that I had the first time that I I saw a particular thing so it's just. It's just so exciting so all of those things I truly truly love and it's about creating people's dreams and their happiness so how could you not love that how could you not love being being a part of that um, and you know until March 2020 I can honestly say there was nothing that I disliked about my bit my new business and my job the as I said before the picking apart destroying people's Future holidays and putting them on hold, that I truly found that was a part of my business that I did not like.
0: It goes against everything that you like.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very counterintuitive.
3: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I wanted to ask you actually, um, like, what do you think that it is about travel that? so much passion in you or in others? I,
1: I for myself, I, I'll speak for myself and it probably is a flow to what other people uh, feel as well. To me, um, I always love, I love learning. I love to see different places. I love to um, be immersed in, in the culture um, and with, people that actually live there so when i create somebody's travel itinerary i don't put them at the high-rise over the airport no 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 we're gonna stay in boutique style hotels or properties that you are literally every day you're with locals so you may be at the market you may be at the bar you may be at the restaurant etc shopping you're going to be with locals not just tourists because you want to you're going there for a reason You don't want to just go to, to just see the, the tourist highlights. You want to actually know where you're going um, or or been the uh, part of, for me too, is um, I, I call and I've said this to a lot of families that I've organized travel for for your children and for yourself traveling the, And in the world is the best classroom you can ever have. We learned a lot in school. I was, I mean, I loved history and I loved all those things in school. So when I was 18 and I first, you know, hit Europe, uh, it was like I was so thrilled because the culture, the way, the history, the architecture, all of those things, even as an 18 year old. And today I still go back to some of the same places over and over and I've never fallen out of love with them. Uh, it's still that, that breathtaking beauty and awe of everything. So if you, can, if you can travel with your children to different places, to different countries and teach them more about the world, we would have uh, a lot less um, prejudice really. And that's in regards to people, to culture, and religion. So if we if we could do that more, I think we would just expand our own horizons and expand our children's horizons.
0: Yeah, I oh you are you're singing off my hymn sheet. Um, <laughs> when we moved here, we drove from Alberta to PEI. Mm-hmm. That was twelve days of. Interesting. Um, but my husband's Irish, and my three boys were all born in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And I'm the sole, you know, this country born Canuck. So I was all like, all right, I'm breaking out my history and my social studies, and we're going to, I'm playing tour guide across the country. So my oldest two were kind of like mildly to totally not interested. But my mm-hmm. youngest, was interested and he was taking pictures of things. And I had said to him, like, you might not have learned this in school yet, but when you do, it's going to mean something because you've been there. And sure enough, like he, uh, the Terry Fox run. So they watched a whole video and he was like, I was there, I was at the Terry Fox monument. My picture, I had my picture taken right there that they're showing on the monument. And over Thanksgiving weekend, we went to visit my parents in Cape Breton. So I, I dragged them to, dragged, that's terrible. I brought them forcefully to the fortress of Lewisburg. Yeah. And my youngest again was like, oh, we just watched a video on this. And so you could see his whole interaction with it was so different because he had a, it was a deeper connection and it was a, it was a different understanding of what he was experiencing because there was, you know, there's book learning and then there is the experience. And mm-hmm. I love that you have that approach and that, that mindset. I, I love that. I love that. It's not just a trip and here you go, um, you know, tag me on Instagram it's about the experience and the, the joy of it.
1: Exactly.
0: Love that. Where's your favorite place to go?
3: Oh, wow. I... <laughs> top I have, three?
1: Top three. You know, I, uh, oh gosh, I would, I'd actually say I have a few. Um, for myself, I have continued to have an extreme love for the Netherlands, love to go to the Netherlands. And uh, Spain, yeah, France, and Italy. Those would be sort of in Europe. I love Europe. I love to go back to Europe, and no matter how many times I go, um, I, I do, I go back to where I've been before, but I also do new. Yeah. So uh, that those kind of things. Um. But I'm like, but I'm also that person that, you know, when you really need to get away, you know, help. I'll just go to the Caribbean, not just go, but
3: like (laughs) let's go to the
1: Caribbean or uh, Mexico or something like that. You know, you need that resort, that beach time, that, you know, downtime. I very much like those types of vacations as well. But I, when I'm traveling with my husband, he's more of that um, person that needs to be not right in a city or just sitting on a beach, he needs to be out doing things. He needs to be, uh, we're on a farm. So he needs to be, you know, no matter where you go, you have to go visit some farmland. Like you have to see, you know. I say, well, we could see that at home, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, <laughs> it's different there. <laughs> exactly. So um, this coming spring, I am taking a small group uh, to Europe on a river cruise. Um, part of the the reason for doing that is, and my I did this beca- not because of, but I knew my husband would enjoy this, so he would go along too there is a uh, horticultural expo that takes place in the Netherlands. It only happens every 10 years.
3: Oh, wow.
1: It's called the Floriade, That will be taking place in 2022. So we will be in the Netherlands uh, just when it's opening. So we will be going to this event, we will be touring all of these venues and this uh theme for this one is um basically the building and sustaining green cities so green energy you know etc so they've literally reclaimed land and built a whole city and then once the expo is over that will be inhabited uh by locals which is really neat right that's so, so cool there's- everything there. There's shops, there's restaurants, there's cafes, there's bars, there's there's, uh, office buildings, there's apartment buildings, there's homes, everything all there. So pretty excited to take part in that. Then we get um, on board of our river cruise, and we will sail from Amsterdam to Luxembourg. So we'll do part of the Rhine River and the Moselle River. And that theme of that river cruise is vineyards. So we will be visiting some of the beautiful vineyards in Germany and of course sampling some wine <laughs> you, you know. have to <laughs> you have to but it's sort of that agricultural base to mm-hmm. it that my husband would really enjoy as well and he loves Amsterdam he loves the Netherlands too I got him yeah. hooked on that so um, you know I, I took my he, I was with him the first time he was there our children uh, so it's kind of kind of an interesting um, city to take your your kids too uh, for it the is. first time so it is. Uh, yeah yeah so yeah yeah Yo, especially
0: there. from small town Canada going yeah. to Amsterdam because I that was my experience and by the time I made it to Amsterdam I had already been living in Europe for eight years I guess seven eight mm-hmm. years by then um, but I still consider myself small town Nova Scotian <laughs> it was <laughs> I go everywhere with my eyes wide open to, to soak it all in but uh, yes. Amsterdam's beautiful who do you love to work with?
1: I particularly love to work with um, couples and families yeah. who either don't know where to start to, to pull something like this together, or, they're, or frankly, they're too busy. Uh, you've got two very busy working parents and you know, children that have a busy uh, schedule as well. So if I talk with all of them, more so meet with the parents but I I have a a document I call a journey builder and I always say to the parents you need to sit with your children and you need to ask them some of these questions because as I build this itinerary I build it so that everybody is getting something out of where they're going so particularly one family that I I worked with uh, they had two teenage children one of them was uh, in grade 12 one of them was in grade nine I believe so The son was very much um, a sports fan, big soccer fan. Part of the thing of the itinerary was they were going to be in Barcelona and his favorite soccer player was Messi. So perfect. I I could build Barcelona around him uh, sort of thing. The daughter had this really romantic uh, idealizations of Paris and what Paris was. So, and she was a little artist. So I said to the mom, take a blanket, go sit on the lawn by the Eiffel Tower, let her sketch, let her sketch the fen, let her sketch the tower. Just spend an afternoon, just just you girls doing that, let the guys go off and do something else. So anyways, they literally traveled, they landed in um, Venice, so they did Northern Italy. They drove all along the French Riviera to Barcelona. From Barcelona, I took them to um, uh, Paris because that was one of their highlights to see. So they were gone for a month and uh, they had done all these different things. And the joy that they got out of that, those kids are still, well, they're now you know a little bit more close to adults. They were still talking about that family trip and what yeah. they did. And then when you look at, groups, um, when I build groups that I host, that could be including people who don't have a travel partner. They may be somebody who's single, or their spouse or partner doesn't like to travel. So you can include those people in these small groups, because I do them in small groups, so it's more personalized. And then they're able to go and see and do what they want to do. So it's it's all these different intricate parts, but I also work with larger groups so uh, back in 2018, um, a local choir here in Nova Scotia was invited to perform in Carnegie Hall. So I went to meet with the, the choir, and it ended up that between the choir members some of their family and friends. And I also had a small group going to New York because I always tried to do that Christmas. Oh, okay. uh, you know the end like of November. Yes, yeah. yeah. so you've got the Macy's Parade. You've got you know the rockets. You've got all these exciting Christmas things happening. Plus, you just have all the energy of New York and all the Broadway, et cetera. So I, I often joke about it now. But uh, so I was in New York City with 144 of my closest friends, and <laughs> like we were going. To, <laughs> you know, I was doing all these things with them. I was with my group doing the tours. The other people I had set things up for them so that people were doing and seeing things that they wanted to, plus they were doing their requirements uh, of their rehearsals, et cetera, for Carnegie Hall. So it was just a phenomenal trip. But that whole group, they could have flown to New York, done Carnegie Hall, and tried to do something, or worked with someone like me, who literally did the big scope of it with the whole group for travel, hotel, and all those types of things, transportation on the ground, but then worked With smaller individual groups inside of that big group to ensure that everybody got to do what they wanted to do in New York.
0: You really curated the experience. I I get the feel that you curate everybody's experience. Yes. So, like to me, when you when you're talking, there's not just the 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 listening and communication skills, there is an extreme amount of planning and organizing that you undertake. Mm -hmm. That's a phenomenal skill set. You could probably run the world. I don't know if you know this.
1: Well, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) But I have said this a lot of times, there should be more women in charge.
0: (laughs) Uh, yep. I'm down with that. <laughs> what do you get asked most often?
1: Well, believe it or not, the most popular question I am always asked is how much and what am I allowed to bring back to Canada?
0: <laughs> I believe that.
1: That's quite, you know, it's quite, well, you know, it all depends.
0: <laughs> it's not as much as you probably want.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's right. It's not as much as you want. Oh and my gosh. What do you wish
0: that people would ask you?
1: That um that's actually a hard question, do you know that? I think uh for the most part I would just I love to have people ask me to sit down and talk to them about travel. And I, I enjoy it very much. Um, if they want to learn more about places that I've been, or if they want to talk about places they'd like to go, I offer my cl- um, new clients, clients and a complimentary one hour consultation, travel consultation, where we just sit and we talk. And I always say there's no dream too big and there's no dream too small. It's yours and yours alone. So it's, choosing where they want to go what they'd like to do and in my questionnaire it's it's learning a little bit too if they've traveled before where they've been what they liked or didn't like about it and um, what what they'd like to do in the future and a lot of times when people come to you with something they have this long list of all the things they want to do and where they want to go etc and I'm honest with them like I'll say in the time frame that you have, and the budget you have, this is actually two trips. So we have to kind of maybe do an introductory trip, and then in the future, go back and do more. Because I always ask people what their budget is as well. I work with people and their budget. Um, it's okay to say, I want to go to Paris and I want to spend um, a week and I want to, you know, I want to see the Louvre and I want to, you know, go to Versailles and I want to do this. Uh, Well, what's your budget? Because your accommodation has to come into that. All of those things come into that factor, right? And I always like to put people uh, in Paris. So they're in walking distance of a lot of things. So I put them in those nice little boutique hotels, for instance, And they're in the community and they're enjoying it. But you have to know what people's reality is as well. And for some, they've been saving a long time to do these dream trips. So you want to make sure that you're delivering.
0: Yeah. What's the best advice you've ever gotten?
1: Well, the best advice that I have ever gotten was... If you set your mind to it, you can be or achieve anything you want to. And from that, I took, um, I guess the second message was to set goals and reach for the stars. My dad gave me that advice when I was young. Really? Because I was second guessing myself about something. And he, he just said to me, if you set your mind to it, I've always set goals. You know, I set goals and then I review them and go back and say, was that really realistic? Or, oh, yeah, I've done that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's lovely. And is there anything that you wanted to bring up that I didn't
1: think to ask? Other than the fact that a lot of the things that I do create are to ensure that there's fun, there's excitement, and there's memories, always memories it's all about building lifelong memories.
0: And you know, on that note, I'm going to say thank you so much for your time today and for sharing so much of your passion around travel and the excitement and what it can bring you. I've really enjoyed listening to you. And I, I thank you again for taking the time and agreeing to come on the podcast.
1: Janice, I thank you very, very much because it's been a real pleasure to, to be here. And I'm I always love to talk travel and share travel.
0: Thanks so much for listening this week. I invite you to sign up for my email list or join me in the Connections Coffee and Confidence community on Facebook. Those are the people who get first dibs on any classes or products I create and they benefit from the extras I can't get into in a podcast format. I also lovingly request that if you've enjoyed this podcast, you leave a review on Apple. When I see a new review, I get so excited, I almost spill my cappuccino froth. Almost. And if you're a woman entrepreneur who's ready to get serious about using the power of communications to grow your business, send me an email at janice at janicefogarty.com. All my details are in the show notes. Thank you again for listening today, and I'll chat with you again next week.